Welcome to the Slay and Thrive podcast, where we make crushing your goals feel like self-care. This is the show that helps high-energy women trapped in self-destructive patterns cultivate an unapologetic, loving body transformation through spiritual and personal development. On this podcast, you'll learn about dynamic eating psychology principles, mindset, shadow integration, and manifestation. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, a health and energy guide, unicorn lover, and Amazon best-selling author. I am so delighted to be on this journey with you. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Slay and Thrive podcast, where we are all about transforming your body and mind through spiritual growth. This is going to be especially true today as we dive into this episode. We're going to cover the traditional path of a health and weight loss journey versus the spiritual one. In this episode, you're going to learn, one, the vital differences between approaching your health journey the traditional way versus approaching it through a spiritual lens. Two, you'll learn about some of the big red flags in the traditional weight loss journey. This is going to include a little Kayla rant, so get ready for some fire and spice today. It's been a while. Three, you're going to get some practices and ideas for how to approach your health goals in a way that not only transforms your body, but also elevates your soul and expands your life. Before we dive straight into the episode, I have a super, super exciting quick announcement. Some of you might know this already, but your body is not a weapon. Healing Fractured Relationship with Food, Physique, and Sexuality, my latest book, is finally released. It came out on February 8th, so last Wednesday, I believe, maybe Tuesday. And I am so excited for this. It was originally supposed to be released in November, so it's been a long-awaited book release for sure. And it hit the number one bestseller list in the Kindle store within the first couple days of being released. Since it already has hit the bestseller list, there's a good chance you already have a copy. If you do, I want to thank you so much. I am really excited to get this book into as many women's hands as possible because I know it has the power to change lives. And if you haven't got your copy yet, I will include the link to purchase on Amazon in the episode description. This is a book about the spiritual path of health, weight loss, and recovering from unhealthy patterns with food. So if you love today's episode, you're going to love this book as well. Now, let's get right into the differences between the traditional path versus the spiritual path. I want to start by making a few definitions. Let's start with the traditional path. This would be a diet. This would be a workout program. This would be the 30-day butt lift challenge, for example. It's going to be the things you usually see in the health and weight loss world. 
it's macros, it's food lists, it's meal plans, it's the calories in, calories out approach. It's often very scientific and formulaic. The traditional path also has some limitations and red flags we'll cover as we dive deep into these distinctions. Now, what is the spiritual path? The spiritual path is using our movement, our nutrition, our self-care practices to connect to ourselves and the universe on a deeper level. It's accessing our own intuition and inner guidance. On the spiritual path of health, fitness, and weight loss, we also remember that we are not just physical bodies and pounds on a scale. We also have these beautiful souls and spirits. The traditional weight loss world often ignores these two things, our soul and our spirit, while our spiritual path is going to include care for our energetic bodies alongside our physical bodies. I've come up with seven key distinctions between these two paths that I'm going to share with you today. As you listen, I want you to think about your own approach to your health goals, your fitness goals, your weight loss goals. As I go through each of these seven distinctions, you can ask yourself, am I on the traditional path or on the spiritual path? The thing to keep in mind here is that there's always going to be a spectrum. You could be completely on the traditional path or completely on the other side where you're fully in the spiritual. You can be somewhere in the middle. This isn't about getting yourself to be totally spiritual and esoteric about your health and weight loss goals. This is about getting you to notice some of the red flags on the traditional path and seeing where there's an opportunity to infuse more spirituality into your weight loss journey. This is going to help you feel more inner peace, more self-love, more fulfillment as you pursue these goals. Let's start with the first of these seven distinctions. Number one, on the traditional path, people are always looking to solve problems. On the spiritual path, they're looking to evolve and grow into a higher version of themselves who simply doesn't have those problems. If that doesn't make full sense, I'm going to break down what this means. The traditional path and problem solving. On this path, excess weight is a problem. And I'm using air quotes here. Belly fat is a problem. Cellulite is a problem. Binge eating is a problem. Hormones are a problem. So people go about trying to solve these problems with strategies and diets and workout programs and hacks, all in the name of fixing. And there can be some crazy approaches to solving these quote-unquote problems. Things like weight loss via the master cleanse or the cabbage soup diet. Or trying to get flat abs by planking for minutes on end every day for 30 days. And as someone who <laughs> finds the plank to be one of the hardest exercises, this just sounds like pure torture to me, personally. Or it's drinking a magic appetite-suppressing tea before bed 
thinking that will solve your binge eating problems forever. And then getting mad when the magic tea doesn't work. I have never done that, really. So on this path, you're also focused on the very things you don't want. And the way our brains work is we're going to get more of whatever it is we're focused on. So by being in a perpetual state of trying to solve these problems, we're actually going to perpetuate the problems. And we're going to put ourselves in a chronically stressed state at the same time. So what's the alternative? The alternative on the spiritual path is looking at our potential for growth and transformation and choosing to grow into the next level version of ourselves who doesn't even think about these problems. These problems become non-existent by default because we have outgrown them. Instead of trying to lose weight, you instead focus on becoming a naturally slow, relaxed eater who loves to eat nourishing whole foods at most meals, someone who stops when she's satisfied. And honestly, nine times out of ten, bearing any like crazy hormones or anything else, this will produce weight loss. But you're not focused on that piece because you're cultivating a new identity altogether. Or take the problem of binge eating. Instead of trying to solve this problem, you can focus on the relationship with food and stress and your emotions that you want to have. Again, you could cultivate the identity of a relaxed, mindful eater who eats in response to hunger and manages stress and emotion in other ways. You could then get to work creating new habits and routines to manage stress and emotion that don't involve eating large amounts of food to distract. You could decide you want to be someone who journals or moves their body when times of stress come up or someone who just takes deep breaths and notices and breathes through their emotions. And then you know what you want to do, what routine you want to have, what your default is, and you put the repetitions in of that pattern over time. So this is one of the best and most profound shifts you can make on your journey, is the shift from stressed out problem solver to powerful creator. Distinction number two. On the traditional path, you focus only on nutrition and movement. On the spiritual path, you focus on taking care of yourself mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well. If you find yourself obsessing over the healthiest ways to eat or thinking about how much exercise you need to do all the time, to the exclusion of everything else, you're probably on the traditional path. I can relate to this one big time because I spent years on the traditional path. I read all the nutrition books. I was at the gym for hours a day. I had a Tumblr back in the day when Tumblr was still a thing, and I was forever looking at new ideas and new workout and new workout plans. It was all I cared about. And I believe that was a big part of what led me to having a full-blown eating disorder for about four years in my early 20s. 
on the spiritual path, you're going to still look at factors like eating for energy and moving your body with intention. And you also know there's other ways to take care of yourself that matter just as much, if not more. We are not just our body. We want to have practices that support our mental and emotional health as well, because there is such a symbiotic relationship between all of these elements. A couple examples. When we're taking better care of our bodies, our mental and emotional health tends to be more stable. Our thoughts are going to be more positive and optimistic. Our mood is going to be more stable. And when we ignore our mental and emotional wellness, our nutrition and workout practices often suffer as a result. For example, we might start binge eating to cope with our emotions, or we're going to be so stressed out that our performance and our workout suffers. All of these elements are connected and important pieces for the holistic health journey. So you can ask yourself here, am I solely focused on my nutrition and my workouts? Or do I have practices in place for taking care of myself mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well? This could look like things like journaling, meditation, yoga, going to therapy, creative practices. Whatever really resonates with you that nurtures your soul and spirit. Distinction number three. On the traditional path, your body is something to be controlled and overridden. I want to ask you, have you ever had a deadline coming up and you set this intense goal of how much weight you were going to lose by that time? Did you start to resort to some crazy tactics to make the deadline? I know I did all of this back in the day. So it always backfired and always created so much unnecessary stress. When you decide that you are in full control and you're going to make your body submit to your commands on your schedule, you're probably on the traditional path. If you buy into the lose six pounds in one week or drop a dress size this month, you're on the traditional path. In these scenarios, you're almost always seeing your body as the enemy that needs to be defeated. This is an inherently stressful situation to be in. It's like being in a house or a city that's completely unsafe and you constantly have to be on high alert. Our bodies basically are our home. So when they feel like the enemy and they don't feel safe and they feel like we're, they're working against us, again, it goes back to being in that chronic stress response. On the spiritual path, you instead see your body as an ally and seek to foster a deeper connection with it. You honor its signals and work with it instead of against it. You choose to drop your expectations and your deadline and allow your body to shapeshift in its own sweet timing. And this doesn't mean we're giving up by any means, because yes, we can make changes. We can change our habits and seek to create greater health for ourselves. And also, the more we can surrender the intense need for control and surrender that need to change things yesterday, 
and instead choose to trust our bodies to release what needs to be released and heal what needs to be healed in its own divine timing, we'll have a far greater sense of that inner peace we're looking for. How as you go about your day, eating the healthy foods, moving your body, a great question to ask yourself is, am I trying to control my body or am I being gentle and choosing to work with it and honor it? Distinction four, the traditional path often has an I'll love my body when mentality. This is a big red flag to look for in the traditional weight loss space. Are you being sent messages? You're finally going to love yourself or to be confident when you lose weight? Are you being told that the body you currently have isn't good enough and you have to wait to feel good about it? The reality is, if you can't generate the ability to love and appreciate your body now, there's a damn good chance you won't be able to cultivate it even when you do hit your goals. And even if you do suddenly love your body at X number of pounds, do you know why that is? It's because you suddenly gave yourself permission to love yourself based on an external value of your subjective choosing. I share a story about this in my book, but I'm going to share it here as well because it truly drives this point home. Once upon a time, in my early 20s, I had a goal weight. I thought, if I could just achieve this goal, I would finally feel good about my body and love myself. Back in that time in my life, I was part of this online live journal community. That's another social platform that has died over the years, which is actually pretty sad because out of all of them ever, live journal was truly the best. <laughs> Anyways, I was in this community where girls shared their struggles around eating and weight. There was this one post where a girl was ranting and complaining about the weight she had gained. She talked about how horrible she looked and how horrible this number was and how awful she was for gaining this weight. At the end of the post, she finished with, and I just can't believe I weigh X. That X was my goal weight. The same weight I had attached these ideals of happiness and success to was the weight another girl attached notions of failure and disgust to. Because we had our own perspectives around which number was our own personal permission slip. We are always the ones writing these permission slips. At any moment, we have the power to rip up the old permission slips we once had and commit to loving and accepting ourselves unconditionally. This doesn't mean we won't change our habits or pursue a greater level of health. Again, it's not about that. It's about the difference between doing these things to suddenly feel good enough versus doing it because we're already and always good enough and we just want what is best for us. The spiritual path uses this lateral, lateral, latter approach. <laughs> when we're on the spiritual path, we understand and we honor 
the value of cultivating unconditional self-love and self-worth, and then choosing to make inspired, aligned upgrades to our wellness routines. Even though it doesn't always feel easy, we strive to love and value ourselves regardless of what we just ate or how much we weigh. And now we are on to distinction number five. On the traditional path, there are so many approaches that revolve around ignoring and pushing through resistance. It's that just do it mentality. And there is often in the traditional health and weight loss communities, some shaming of people who are struggling to be consistent with workouts and their nutrition. This is where the rant comes in, so get ready. Recently, I saw a Facebook post from this other health coach, and it said, no longer working with clients who don't put in the work. I actually just had to look up her exact wording, and then I saw another post that said, so many women want the sexy body, but they won't pay to put in the work or pay a coach. You will stay stagnant. Good luck. And full disclosure, she might not have wrote it in that tone, but I was PMSing hard when I read it and it like bothered me. And here comes a rant. So this was one person's perspective. And it was also supported by other coaches who agreed. Here are a few of the comments on these posts. No time for those who aren't committed to themselves. And yeah, you have to release them until they're committed. You're not here to babysit them. Enter one of the things I hate, hate, hate about certain pockets of the coaching industry. The shaming of people who are struggling to quote unquote do the work as prescribed to them by a health coach. Or the instances where certain coaches shame people who aren't spending their money or working with a coach because they have legitimate financial limitations or too many other priorities in their life. I can only imagine that there are clients of this coach on her Facebook page who read this post and felt personally attacked or called out. Whether that was clients she was working with who weren't doing the work, or maybe some people she'd had sales calls with who had decided not to work with her. On the traditional path, if you're not doing the work, you're a failure. There's something wrong with you. It goes back to that problem-solving mentality. It turns you into your own worst enemy, and you just have to defeat yourself. So, let's unpack this first statement. I'm no longer working with clients who don't put in the work. First of all, isn't a struggle to do the work and to make progress in an area the very reason someone would want to work with a coach. So do you just want to work with people who do the work on their own and therefore won't get the same benefits from having that support and accountability? Second of all, let's talk about the total lack of personal responsibility in this statement. If a client isn't doing the work, it must be all their fault and they're a bad client. No, to hell with that. And again, this isn't about a client or a coach taking responsibility for their client's results one way or the other, but it's not about making this blanket judgment on them. Because I believe there are always reasons why a person isn't doing the work 
when they have big goals that involve doing that work. And that is where we get to the spiritual path. Instead of just trying to plow through resistance and judge people for having resistance, resistance is actually the doorway to transformation, not a reason to shame and judge someone. Here's just a few of the reasons a person might not be doing the work in a coaching relationship. One, the work or strategy given to them isn't personalized to their goals, capabilities, and values. Two, the work is excessive and overwhelms the client's nervous system all at once, paralyzing them and making them feel unable to do anything. Three, they don't feel safe to communicate with their coach about their challenges. And quite honestly, I can't see how anyone would feel safe in a coach's energy when that coach is judging and shaming and making these public posts about clients not doing work on social media for everyone to see. Number four, they have deeply embedded reasons for not taking action, which include unhealed wounding from the past and secondary benefits they're receiving from not taking action. On the spiritual path, resistance is not the end of the relationship, whether you are coaching yourself or being coached. When you decide you're going to unpack and unravel the resistance that you're feeling from a place of self-compassion and understanding, then you can heal on a deeper level, which will then allow you to take action from a place of way more ease. Distinction number six is about the way you choose to measure progress. On the traditional path, most people really only look at numbers on the scale or how many reps they can do of a certain lift or what their body size is or their body fat composition or all of these things. It's very black or white. It's not seeing a person as a multifaceted, multidimensional being where growth occurs on many planes, in many levels. On the spiritual path, you're going to also look at everything else that is transforming as a result of taking better care of yourself. You're noticing how much easier it is to choose yourself and make choices that are in your highest good. You might notice that all of a sudden, by taking better care of yourselves, you realize how precious you are and your boundaries with others are better. You might suddenly realize, I'm in this job that isn't for me anymore. And you have the courage to go out and find another job as a result. You might find that you are more positive. You might find that you're kinder to other people because you're feeling better on a deeper level. When you're on the spiritual path, you're noticing and witnessing how you're growing as a person versus simply what the number on the scale is telling you. So that was our sixth distinction. And now we are finally on to our seventh and final distinction. And this one, on the traditional path, the goal is almost always to permanently eliminate excess weight or the unhelpful patterns we have with eating. The traditional path is often the pursuit of perfectionism in disguise. It's the belief that one day you will become superhuman 
and never again have a struggle around food or body image. On the spiritual path, you can surrender to the idea that, to some degree, challenges with food or weight or body image may continue to resurface in some situations, and that you don't have to make this mean something negative about you. You know what it actually means? It means you're human. I truly believe every person comes here with their life's work, and it usually shows up in one of three categories. Health, wealth, or relationships. Or maybe a little bit of everything. You have the Janine Ross of the world who have struggled with their health and have helped so many people with emotional eating, as well as with their body image, And she still, on occasion, shares her own struggles in these areas. She doesn't expect herself to be perfect or ever have it all figured out. You have the relationship coaches who still have rough patches in their own relationships. And then you also have the money or business coaches who still have launches that don't go as planned or sometimes experience some fear and scarcity around their money until they course correct and notice the patterns and heal them on a deeper level. When we understand that challenges in a particular area doesn't mean we're wrong or a failure, and instead choose to see this as a sacred invitation to grow and evolve and heal on a deeper level, it releases the stressful pressure to reach that perfection ideal. That ideal where we never again struggle. What if we let go of the expectation that we were never again going to emotionally eat or regain weight? How much freer would that make us? We'd no longer resist these things when they happen, which is so important because when we resist something, it actually persists and we stay stuck for longer. What if we were to soften into these learning experiences and allow ourselves to grow through them? I want to finish off this particular distinction with a quote from Danielle Laporte's new book, How to Be Loving. She writes, Most of us are going to deal with the same cluster of emotional issues over a lifetime. Don't let this bum you out. It's good news. This means we have the opportunity to heal very deeply and thoroughly. And we advance. You could think of it as getting to love one person more fully year after year. And what a gorgeous gift that is. Focused learning, usually in the form of repeated lessons, take us through layers and levels of experience. This is at the root of a spiritually informed health or weight loss journey. This surrender to going deeper with patterns and lessons. To see these things as our divine assignments that are only going to continue bringing us closer to inner peace and fulfillment. The next time you have a period where you slip into some of your old habits or you find yourself emotionally eating every night, going months without doing it, or the next time you gain back five or 10 pounds, remember that you are being called to heal and evolve more deeply and thoroughly through this experience. 
Your Thrive Challenge this week is to notice where you fall on the spectrum with each of these distinctions and start to think about where you feel called to infuse more spirituality into your wellness journey. Thank you for hanging out with me today, and I am wishing you another amazing week. Happy slaying and thriving. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. If you want to connect with a community of other amazing women who are conquering their goals, taking massive action, and loving themselves through the process, I invite you to join my Facebook community, Slay and Thrive 365. You'll get weekly challenges, motivation, support, and accountability as you move towards your goals. Hope to see you there very soon.